That was Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees with Ellen Vanin, which is the unofficial national anthem of the Isle of Man, and he was singing with the King William College Choir. Karen Avalar was recently on the Isle of Man, a self-governing British Crown dependency, where she talked sustainability with creamery salesman Tim Sayers, who's also an avid TT motorcycle racer. I'm here with Tim Sayers, Director of Sales at the Isle of Man Creamery, located on the Isle of Man. Isle of Man Creamery is known not only for its delicious dairy products, but also for its environmentally friendly approach to production, and most importantly, its happy cows. On top of overseeing worldwide sales, Tim holds a distinction within his team at the creamery as being the only serious road racer. He's not only placed second multiple times in the Grand, uh, the Manx Grand Prix, but he's also successfully placed in the world-famous TT races here on the Isle of Man. So, Tim, thank you for meeting with me today. Uh, you have a very eclectic background between racing and your professional endeavors. Uh, we'll circle back to the TT race later, but I wanted to ask you how long you've been here at the creamery and what attracted you to work here. I uh, joined the creamery in uh, 2015, so I'm just coming up to eight years. Um, it was a very easy move for me to make. I've been coming over to the Isle of Man my first time to watch the TT races in 1993, and then I started racing myself in 1998. I've always worked in uh, food and drink uh, in sales, and uh, I just had the opportunity to, uh, to come over here. So it was absolutely out of the blue. I was working pretty much in London all the time, working for a beer company, and uh, and I got approached to would I be interested in coming to the Isle of Man, which I jumped at. Much different uh, environment out here. You have, it's very rural, very peaceful, very quiet, so much different from London. Um, so the Creamery has a long and interesting history. It's known as, I believe, the only cooperative um, here on the island. Um, so how did this business come to be? Maybe you can give us a, a brief history um, of the Creamery. Farming is a really important and historic part of the Isle of Man, um, dairy farming especially. So historically, there were dairy farms all over the Isle of Man. We've got a lot of lush green pastures here and uh, f- historic family farms. Back in the um, early 20th century, uh, everyone was trading their own milk, producing too much milk for the island to, 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 uh, to consume themselves. And so uh, an act of parliament was formed where everyone got together and created the Farmers' Cooperative in 1934. So we've been going for for quite a while now, and in fact, knocking on to 100 years soon. uh, And hopefully I'll still be here for that 100-year anniversary. I'm sure you will be. Um, So uh, interesting side note. So Tinwald, which is a local parliament, this is where the Agriculture Marketing Act and Society um, legislation passed, uh, what you're referring to. And Tinwald is the oldest continuously running parliament in the world, uh, established by the Vikings, I believe, over a thousand years ago. So I just wanted to mention that side note. Um, so I want to switch over to the environment. Um, as you mentioned, it's it's very beautiful here, very lush, very green. Um, I know that there are some initiatives that the Creamery has undertaken to make the business more environmentally friendly. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that have been taken. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, we have a challenge uh, that we are in the middle of the Irish Sea, so anything needs to come in uh, to be imported, and then we have to export it off. So one big thing is making sure we've got food food security on the Isle of Man, but also we want to minimise our environmental impact. One of the key areas that we've uh, introduced back in 2018 was we used to have to import poly bottles to sell our milk in. 
um, we felt that this was environmentally an area that we could improve on. One of the areas was saving CO2 from the uh, ferry and the uh, truck and also we wanted to save 100 tonnes of plastic and that was an objective that we set ourselves as a business that we managed to achieve in in 2020. So we worked with a company called, a global company called Tetra Pak, which had developed a plant-based milk carton. So what this means is uh, it's fully sustainable uh, and fully traceable. And the coating and the cap are actually made from sugarcane. So rather than using fossil uh, fuels to make the plastic, it's come from uh, sugarcane. So they launched this um, and we were the base customer to launch that with in milk cartons in 2018. What this has enabled us to do is, because we're flat packing, bringing them in, that enables us to reduce our ferry journeys by 90%, which is a huge CO2 saving, as well as the plastic saving that we have as well. As part of this initiative as well, we actually get as many cartons as we possibly can. So we pick up from our doorstep recycling. We have at the amenity centres, recycling points for Manx cartons. And then we collect them all up. And when we have a full lorry load, we send them back into the UK and they are fully recycled. There have been any recent environmental changes here that have impacted production or the business of the creamery. And I I guess I mean by that uh, within the last five, 10 years or uh, even more recent. Yeah, I mean, we do tend to have quite wet weather here being in the middle of the Irish Sea and we actually have slightly cooler summers but cooler winters as well so we're we're a bit less extreme and I think it's fair to say if you ask some of our uh, farmer producers that the last few years yes maybe we've had a bit more more extreme weather at times as have a lot of other places it's not massively impacted on our business as a whole it can be challenging when it's really raining we have to bring the uh, the cows in for our own safety and it is a bit more challenging for the farmers but overall for us it hasn't affected our milk production by the producers on onto the island are there any future sustainability practices in mind with the creamery or is there anything that you based on the last eight years that you've been here anything that you would see as as being beneficial for the company yeah sure we are conducting a lot of work on farm at the moment to uh, to look at the co2 footprint of, of each farms that's still at an early stage and we've actually got some really strong data to say that we are more more environmentally sustainable and friendly than the average uk farm But what we want to take out of that is how we can improve that, how we can improve the CO2 footprint onto our farms and also what changes we could make into the creamery itself as well. So it's a big area that we're focusing on as well. We're also looking at becoming a B Corp company, which is quite a big challenge. That's all around our sustainability and also ethical practices. So we we want to be on the front foot. We know there's improvements that we can make as per any business and it is a big focus for us Strategically. So switching over to, so we've talked about the environment. Um, it sounds like there's there's already quite a uh, number of initiatives already in place that are very successful um, and some future sustainability practices that are being looked at by the cooperative. So switching over to the contentment of the cows, because I had read a little bit about, I think it goes without saying, the importance of if, if you have a happy animal, your product uh, generally is going to reflect some of that contentment. Uh, so 
Going back to, as part of the creamery success, yeah. the uh, bovine bliss, I guess, uh, is one way to put it. What makes the cows happy? What does the company or the creamery do to make sure the cows are content? I think the best way to describe it is we try to have the herds out as often as possible onto pasture. We are very, very lucky here that we've got historic family farms and quite a lot of green open land. The other part is that the farms try to be as sustainable as they possibly can. We don't like to import feed, etc., onto here. So we try to get the cows out onto grass as much as possible, uh, which is good for animal husbandry. We always say that if we can keep the cows out, they've got to be happier because they can wander around in the beautiful Manx air. So that's that's how that's how we approach it. We also have a grass feeder accreditation here, which has two elements, and it's fairly unique to be honest. It's a lot higher standards in terms of percentage of the grass-based diet for the herds and also days out to pasture. And they're the two elements of our grass-fed accreditation. We actually average 232 days out to pasture. A lot of the time when the guys are inside, sorry, the, the ladies are inside, is because of our winter weather and, it's, uh, and they have to be inside. So we keep them out as much as possible. And also the percentage of grass-based diet is 70% for six months of the year and 80% for the spring and summer months, which is particularly high versus the average into the UK. So they're the two elements that we really focus on and give us a, a differential to our herds on the Isle of Man. Okay. So uh, a little bit more about uh, content cows and, and keeping the source of this delicious product happy and circling back to the TT races. Okay. So. It's a small island. I know the TT races take up quite a bit of time and energy. Relatively loud spectator sport, from what I hear, can be very disruptive potentially. So do those annual races impact the welfare or contentment of the cows? Or are there any other uh, logistical concerns around the race that impact the business? No, it's a very good question. I think for people that aren't aware of the, the Isle of Man TT races, um, the circuit is the longest uh, circuit in the world. It's nearly 38 miles long and it it incorporates the whole of the island basically. So it is an absolute, could you imagine shutting down the roads and every single alleyway that comes onto the circuit to make it secure for 38 miles. It's a massive logistical operation that that, that the team here do a a massive job of. The biggest way that affects us is having to uh, collect our milk from the farms because for much of the day, uh, the, the, the roads are inaccessible. So the guys, the tanker drivers, fair play to them, they have to go out super early and into the night and we have to do a total change in our pattern of deliveries and also the collection of the milk from the farm. So we tend to do a lot of work overnight, but it's kind of worth it because the TT races, the island comes alive. We get 50,000 people on the island. Um, we obviously work with these guys and they pick up a lot of our cheese and butter and milk as well while they're here as well. So it's a great showcase of the Isle of Man and its beauty, uh, as well as the excitement of the TT races. And a nice product for uh, protein recovery. That is true, yes. <laughs> so speaking of the, uh, the products that you produce, how would someone go about getting a hold of this? So I was actually very surprised to, and I know you have a, a variety of dairy products, I was very surprised to walk into a grocery store in Spain in a small coastal town and find cheese from the Isle of Man on the shelf. That was rarity. So tell us a little bit about how someone might find your products. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, our export strategy is, a, is, is the mainstay of, of my personal job, to be honest. Um, like I said, we have so many cows and so much milk on here, we have too much for the Isle of Man. We actually produce about 1,800 tonnes of 
cheddar and red lasters between the two uh, every year and on the island we only consume about 300 so we have to find a home for 1500 tons we've been quite successful with our export strategy so we've developed real key markets like canada uh, the usa as you said spain and europe are big for us the middle east as well we're also available in australia as well so we uh, we work with a lot of independents who are distributor in australia and we uh, send our uh, flagship two products our 18 month age vintage cheddar and also our 18 month old vintage red leicester which we call celtic red we do that celtic link with our brand there and that's available in independent stores in australia does the creamery compete with any other distributors here here on the island and what does that competition look like? No, it's a really good point. Obviously there's imported milk that's available from, from the United Kingdom that can come in. So so yes, it's it's not ideal, but we all, all have to compete. We are very, very fortunate that our consumers and people that live on the Isle of Man are very, very loyal to not only us, but to Manx produce overall. Um, so so we really, really try and get out there and work with communities. So a big part of our, our work is sponsorship, uh, working with the food shows, working with uh, local suppliers, uh, communities, sponsorship, like I've said, and especially sporting events that we get involved with from the creamery. And people are very, very loyal to us. We actually do an old-fashioned doorstep delivery service with our milk cartons, and the guys are out six days a week overnight delivering to 8,000 households every week. And like I said, it's great. It's driven by our loyal Manx uh, consumer over here, and it's just very, very fresh. We're picking up seven days a week. It comes into the creamery. Um, a great fact is that the, the furthest the mill travels from the farms into the creamery is 18 miles. So it comes in, we then put it into our cartons and it's put out the next day. So it's a really fresh, natural product with virtually no food miles whatsoever. In your last couple of days. So final question. Are there any more TT races in your future? It's very, very difficult because when the TT is in your blood, to get out of it is challenging. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've competed uh, for 12 years and my last TT was TT 2018, but I am massively still involved. So I do not see myself setting off down Bray Hill for another lap again. I'm 47 years old, but I work with uh, one of the an up-and-coming rider and team over here at the TT, Jonathan Perry. So every year I, I, I'm i involved, crew chiefing with him. I uh, have the responsibility of doing the petrol, uh, the fuel stops. In the Superbike TT, that's two fuel stops. Uh, you get through three full tanks of petrol on the motorcycles. So it's a fairly pressurised thing. You don't want to get that wrong and uh, leave him short so he doesn't finish the race. But yeah, I'll always be involved in the TT. It's a massive part of my life and it always will be. Well, thank you so much for having me here today at the Creamery. I've uh, really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about not just the Creamery and what you do here, but also some of your history with the races. So, all right. Thank you so much. Our Spain-based reporter, Karen Avila, on the Isle of Man with Tim Sayers. We have more information in our show notes from Karen Avila. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.